It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. With your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall. Jamie Dew. All right. Thank you so much, Doug Nance. It's JD here, and we are back for season four of the SNL Hall of Fame, and I am glad you are here with us. We have a gangbusters show for you today, a peek behind the curtain, you might say. The SNL Hall of Fame podcast is a weekly affair. Each episode, we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity inside the hall. That's right. That's what we do here. If you're looking for long-form interviews with super fans of SNL talking about great icons of SNL, you have come to the right place, my friends. So I'm glad you're here. The number one question that we get asked is, how do we come up with the nominees? Why didn't we do all of the 70s nominees at once? Why didn't we do all of the 80s nominees at once? And and the truth is, we started this project very late from a Hall of Fame perspective. If if this were a, a legitimate Hall of Fame, Ooh, that pains me to say. If this were a a Hall of Fame that uh, were officially recognized by SNL, it would have started probably around 82 or 83, and they would have been inducting people annually, and it would have been smaller lists and and things like that would have occurred. What we are doing here is we are producing a podcast. (laughs) And so we try to curate a list of nominees that span the eras and span the genres of the show so that we can uh, highlight a great swath of what makes this nearly 50-year institution so great. And that's what we're going to do this week. This is the Season 4 Draft. We have Matt Ardill, we have Thomas Senna, and we have John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network joining us this week. And what they are going to do is they are going to do a a draft. There will be uh, five rounds of the draft. And basically the way it breaks down is each person must select at least one musical guest writer. They must pick one previous Uh, a nominee from season one and uh, the remainder they can use however they wish. So they could have two musical guests and three hosts or or three cast members. They can do it however, however they wish to break down as long as they survive those parameters. So why don't I stop yakking and tell you to wipe your feet and invite you inside for this, the season four draft Stick around after the show because I have a big announcement to make about the draft, uh, but I don't want to interrupt it off the top. We're going to listen to it, we're going to enjoy it, and we're going to go from there. So let's do it. Let's head down to the draft room.
All right, welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame inaugural candidate drafts. Uh, I'm really excited about this idea, and I think this is going to go a long way in helping our audience better understand exactly the process that we use to select the nominees. It has been uh, debated and argued on Reddit and Facebook that, you know, it should be chronological. Uh, However, you know, we didn't start this in 1985 or 1983. We started it in 2020 or 2021, I guess it was. So as a result, we we tend to program the candidates and we we, we try to pick a, a good section of candidates that that run the gamut of eras so that our audience has a, an interesting place to uh, listen from. And today we've got three special guests that are going to be selecting in this inaugural candidate draft. We have to my left, Mr. John Schneider of the Saturday night network. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great, Jamie. Four seasons in, my feet have never been cleaner, so I am ready to go tonight. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, we are also joined by our friend Matt Ardell. Matt, how's it going? Hey, great, great. I bought, brought brand new shoes just for, for tonight, too, so I'm being mindful of the well, space. Submit that receipt so uh, <laughs> you, can get that, uh, you can get that money back. Uh, and, of course, our friend Thomas Senna. Thomas, how's it going? What's up, Jamie? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm, I'm really great. A little warm, but uh, warm. <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's, yeah it dawned on me right? today that Matt and I, well, John's going to essentially be, be assigning homework to me and Matt, and we'll be assigning homework to each other since Matt does the uh, great job with the trivia stuff at the top of the show, and then I'll, I'll lead the conversations and whatnot. So this is kind of like finding out our homework assignments or opening a gift, I guess, if you will, opening 15 gifts. We're creating the syllabus. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you can use this as a jumping off point. This is the first time we've really, well, no, I guess at the beginning of season two, we announced who we were nominating as well. But this is the first time you get to look behind the scenes and see how this stuff occurs. So there will be discussion. There will be debate. There will be some, oh, no's. I wanted to pick him uh, <laughs> or her. Uh well, but from, I do want to point out, Jamie, that this is a rare draft in which if somebody takes your pick, that's actually a pretty good thing. Like, I would be stoked if Matt or John took somebody who was, like, high on my board that I was definitely going to pick. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting take. Okay. Well, what are your expectations uh, going into this? Does, it, does anybody have any trepidations or expectations? I'm just excited to hear... Uh, everybody's choice. I think it's going to be fun to hear the reasoning that people have. Like, this is why I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Excellent. I think for me, the first three seasons have definitely created a backlog at the Hall of Fame. And I think that now we're, I would say that there may be a few nominees tonight that you may consider on the edge of like great cast members to perhaps Pantheon. But I think we're like finally out of the points where we're 
hitting on people that are all-time legends of the show. And now we're just getting for the very good, if not greats, of SNL history. And when you get to those types of people to nominate, it creates a lot of debate. So I feel like the people we're nominating today will create even better episodes for all of you this season. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of to echo what what John said. Um, to me, it's not so much about if this person is going to be in the Hall of Fame or is uh, like a lock for the Hall of Fame or whatever. It's what could make a good episode. And to me, like we're doing a podcast here, and I'm leading a lot of these, most of these conversations, if not all of them. And to me, I'm thinking like, is this person somebody who I want to spend an hour talking about? And it, though, though we'll, there will be picks uh, who some people might say, oh, that person's not a Hall of Famer. But, you know, is it an interesting discussion is more so where, where I'm going toward. And some there's don't be, get me wrong. There's people on my list who I think should be slam dunks in the Hall of Fame. But that's not like the end all be all of my thought process with this. Great. Well, without further ado, then let's begin. John. You're on the clock. All right. Very exciting. So many options, so many possibilities. But I think I landed on, since I knew that I had the first pick coming into this, someone who I felt had to get on to the ballot for this particular season. And I wanted to make sure because of the way and restrictions that of all the people that I picked today, I wanted to make sure that I got this person and and not necessarily Matter Thomas, because I'm in love with this particular former cast member who came onto the show at a, at a, at a time that I felt like she crushed it. So many characters, so many impressions, and really made her mark as we were starting to go from one era to another. And that person is Anna Gasteyer, somebody who I feel has to be nominated for the Hall of Fame. When she comes on, she has so much chemistry with other cast members, including Will Ferrell, who uh, with Bobby Mohan Culp, when they did the Culps together, was so, so great. How about her impressions? You know, you can't forget Martha Stewart. We see it every <laughs> single year at Thanksgiving. Uh, there's just so many moments for Anna on the show, and you're going to get to listen to an episode of hers where somebody is going to make the case of why she gets in the Hall of Fame. And today, I am only picking people who I think have a good shot to get there. Interesting. Uh, I like the strategy on a gas tire as your first pick. I think uh, that's a real solid pick. And I look forward to hearing that episode for sure and learning a little bit more about her. Any other comments? Well, Thomas, yeah. Matt, did you guys have her on your board? Yeah, I, so she was on my board. She was. I wasn't definitely going to pick her, but she was definitely a high up there. Uh, as far as consideration. And I think it's going to be a really great episode. I'm looking forward uh, to to having that discussion about on a gas tire, just a, a, a true gem uh, from a really strong era. So I think that's a wonderful pick. Like I'm excited. Like this is, uh, I got to open a present just now and it was on a gas tire. So, so thank you, John. I'm looking forward to this. I didn't have her on my list, but mainly because I'm trying to avoid just picking people from like my period of Saturday Night Live. Because that's my high school years right there. I love her. She's an amazing performer. Um, but And I am really looking forward to the, the episode because that's perfect choice. Perfect choice. And I'll just say, as we wrap up the discussion on Anna, the other major factor why I wanted to pick her today was because of American Auto. And I really feel like if you're going to pick somebody who's still in the zeitgeist, that would help boost her potentially getting into the Hall of Fame. So that's where I felt like it would be a good decision to start with her. Yeah, it's always interesting when, I mean, there were a couple episodes last season where Thomas and I discussed, 
should we move this episode to this spot because something's going on in in the zeitgeist? And in a couple cases, we we did make a few little switches. Uh, in another case, we 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 just couldn't put it together. And maybe that person will be listed today. Uh, I'm very curious if that person is listed today. Um, but uh, yeah, I think a a great great pick. All right, we'll move over to Matt. Right. Well, my number one, I'm I started with a writer uh, because you know the writers are the unsung heroes of the show. Um, I chose Sarah Schneider, hilarious talent uh, from 2011 to 2017. She was co-head writer in the 42nd season. Um, in 2016, she had, had a new show come out that is also hilarious uh, with former uh, SNL alumni co-head writer Chris Kelly. Um, called The Other Two. So she's still out there. The new season of that just dropped. But she's consistently bringing work, consistently working with SNL colleagues. Like Molly Shannon is, is in The Other Two, funny as hell. Um, and she's shown that she's flexible in creating sketches from, like, Do It In My Twin Bed to the 2015 um, Democrat debate sketch. Uh, so she can do, like, from the silly side to the political side. And I just always, I love the material that, that uh, she helped bring to the screen. I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with her, but I know those two sketches you just mentioned. So I guess I am familiar with her uh, after all. Uh, are there any other sketches that you can think of uh, around, around the, around the table? Oh, sorry. You're asking uh, just us too? Yeah. Just around the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, can I just ask for, for the first part? Um, are we nominating Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly together? Because I feel like with other notable duos in terms of writers, they were definitely paired together. And in this case, it's hard to find sketches that Sarah Schneider wrote without Chris Kelly or vice versa. That's a good point. I mean, we don't we want because they were co-head writers. They did collaborate a lot. They weren't a team per se, um, like some of the more well-known teams, but they did collaborate a lot. So should we pair them like we have with some of the other writers? Would that make sense? My my feeling, and I'll, I'll throw this to the group, but my feeling is that we should ideally get away from groups. Um, it's It seems to be some sort of liability. I mean, we had to wait for a long time to see the Lonely Island get in. And Franken and Davis are still, you know, cusping it. Um, so okay, well, I'm, let me just, I'm, I'm let me just sure. present you the other side, Jamie, because sure. uh, I'm just looking through some of our uh, stuff at the Saturday Night Network, some of the writing credits over the years, and I see about 110 sketches that I have Sarah Schneider listed on, and I'd say 90% of them are with Chris Kelly. Oh, wow. Well, then, I mean, that, that makes a, a very strong argument. Yeah. And in that case, then... I nominate the pair because that's an even stronger combination in my mind. I mean, we can also add in the uh, stepchild sketch to the list of really amazing sketches. The that that weird well play play set in the backyard where kids could uh, just mope at a well uh, is a part of that. <laughs> they did so, Tatinos together, also all those uh, that trio of Tatino sketches. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, they're they're. they're they are a great combination. And if I get to combine them, more is the better. Because I love them both. Great. Well, did anybody else have them on their board? On um, the board? I, I did not. I'm looking forward to doing more research 
on uh, Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly and and their work. So this is one Matt that um, I don't going in. Uh, I'm probably aware of, of of most, if not all, of the sketches that they're behind. I just don't know that it was them uh, who wrote them. So I'm looking forward to digging in and and doing this episode. Awesome! I can't wait to hear it. Well, Thomas, pass the baton to you. Your first pick. All righty. So I'm just going to get this one out of the way. I don't think this is going to surprise, especially John, <laughs> much because he knows. Uh, how much I love this person. And I think at first glance, this person, people might kind of wonder, is, you know, is this person an SNL Hall of Famer or not? But if you really dig into their work, and we've referenced already like at least three, four sketches uh, just on this our discussion right now uh, that this person's been in, I think they got lost in the shuffle a little bit, but not because they weren't great on the show. It's just because maybe some of the other cast members uh, maybe got a little more attention for one reason or another. So I'm going to do, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Vanessa bear as my, uh, as my first pick. And I already have a guest lined up for that. I've already been doing some willing and dealing behind the scenes. So Excellent. I have a guest lined up for Vanessa bear. I think it's going to be a really good episode. We had mentioned the Totino's uh, trio of sketches that, that she was in. Uh, she, she's just has, she has recurring characters that were memorable anytime. I think anytime she was in a sketch, she just really elevated it and brightened it up. So I'm Absolutely. so excited. I'm, I'm maybe in our little SNL community. I might be the biggest Vanessa bear fan. So this one's kind of personal to me, but so Vanessa bear, there you go. That smile. It just, it's, it's infectious and it, it, it actually comes through the television. <laughs> I, I don't know how she does it. She's fantastic. Uh, great pick. Uh, did anybody else have Vanessa Bear on their board? I, I knew that Thomas was going to pick Vanessa, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I would say that. But uh, Vanessa is a really interesting case study where I'm so fascinated to see how people view her because she just comes into SNL right as the Kristen Wiig domination is starting to wrap up. And then we have like a couple years there where Vanessa is really starting to like lead this new group of women on the show before we have the takeover of Kate and Cecily in 80. So it's like... Right. It's almost like this like forgotten era a little bit where, you know, you had like Tar- Taryn Killam, Jay Farrow, Vanessa Bayer like running the show a little bit. And it seems like people just, you know, transported her from like one era to the next without remembering those two or three years. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to say, Thomas, in that episode and your guest as well, as far as the case to be made for Vanessa. And she was on my list um, for the same reasons. She's just. There's energy to any appearance that she does that is infectious, you know, and you want to watch her, you want to watch what she does and how she does it because it's, it's always a joy. Like the sketch that she would do generally is like towards the end of the show with Cecily, where they were the porn stars and just mispronouncing everything. And it was just, it was just always so bonkers. I was like, how far are they going to take it? And they always took it just to the point of, with the extreme of funny and any further would have been too far, but, and they just, they knew where exactly to bring it to. And I just love that range that she has. So I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. I think when people listen to the Vanessa bear episode, we're going to bring up sketches and characters that she did. And people will be like, Oh yeah, that's right. She did that. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. So I think it's going to be one of those episodes where people kind of start remembering 
how much she actually did contribute to the show. Are you going to tip your hand at your guest or are you going to keep that a secret? Um, your I think he'll, I think he's still going to do it. I, I got Sammy K. I poached from John a little bit. Oh, so Sammy great. K, he's another huge I don't know Sammy. Bear fan. <laughs> so so <laughs> Sammy and I will just be fanboying uh, over Vanessa Bear for an episode. It's just Elise, eh, John? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, signed. <laughs> All right. Pick number two. We go back to John at this point. Just to recap, we have uh, Anna Gastar. We have Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly. And we have Vanessa Bayer. So uh, Matt has met one of his one of his criteria at this point with uh, cho- cho- having chosen a, a writer or a musical guest. In this case, he chose a writer. You each have four picks left. And John, you're on the clock. Absolutely. Well, I feel that when it comes to the nominees that have already taken place over the last few seasons, we've gone back to some of the greatest eras in the history of the show and taken all the really notable top of the line cast members from each of those eras, except there is one that I feel like is a little bit of a derivative of previous cast members that maybe had been overshined by some all time greats. But truly, if you go back and watch his sketches, you'll see that he is kind of like the glue of that particular era. And that's Jason Sudeikis. I think that he is just incredible, uh, really an all-time great that, you know, if he's in a cast with Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig, and obviously, you know, Andy Samberg has his own niche on the show as well. So you have like these other people that are taking away the shine from him, but he stabilizes so many sketches. Keenan Thompson talks a lot about how great it was to always put Jason in his sketches because he made them so much better. And just the way that he could yell on command, he was a, you know, I talked about derivative. I I see like the Dan Aykroyd in him. I see the Phil Hartman in him, you know, two SNL Hall of Famers. To me, he is like their baby in a way. And I think he's so fantastic. Obviously, Ted Lasso just wrapping up as well. So he's still in the zeitgeist. To me, this is a going to be a fantastic episode, the Jason Sudeikis one. I mean, no doubt about it. I feel like that one's a slam dunk. There's going to be a lot of people all over that one for sure. He was my number three. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, just speak to the glue. Like there's the... Uh, J-pop America fun time now where he's playing the teacher and it's that's like because that's Vanessa at most extreme with with Karen and and you got Jason just like oh my god as like this grounding element in the show in the sketch like you got that you got him as Vance in the what's up with that which basically is Ted Lasso <laughs> in his <laughs> dancing form um yeah, he's he's what I love in a good sketch troupe is the workhorse, the player who can be anything you need whenever you need him. And that is Jason. I love that. So woohoo, can't wait for that one. You know, if uh, if Matt or John didn't pick Jason Sudeikis, I was going to 100 percent. I wasn't going to go uh, through this draft process without choosing Jason Sudeikis and making sure he was on the season four lineup. And he's probably one of going to be one of our headliners, if not the headliner for season four of the Esno Hall of Fame. So I wasn't going to go all 15 picks without seeing Jason Sudeikis selected. So thank you, John. You opened up another slot for me. You took somebody who I was going to take for sure. Uh, so see, Jamie, that's what I mean. Like John yeah. took one of my picks, but gotcha. that makes me happy because that opens up a pick for me. But, you know, Jason Sudeikis is just a, a no brainer, going to be a great episode we're all fans of Sudeikis, so that's just awesome. I love, I'm so excited to do this episode. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Matt, 
All right. Well, this is another one of my uh, required fields. It's my my pulling them from the the brink um, from season one. I've gone to bat for him in two roundtables. I've gone to bat for him in season one. I am choosing Michael O'Donoghue again. Um, just putting him out there. I mean, he was the head writer at multiple pivotal times. He is controversial. Uh, but, I mean, he's one of the, you know, he's the original head writer. He came back during a, a controversial period. Uh, he pioneered gonzo comedy with his time at the National Lampoon. Um, so I, I think there is a viable argument for him to be in the hall. So that I'm putting him out there again one last time. And if it doesn't get in this time, I'm like, I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> You've been stopping for a while, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think it... it it certainly doesn't um, upset me to have a reminder, to have our audience get a reminder uh, of who this person is if they didn't listen in the first season. Um, because you are right. I mean, you know, he is he was a known commodity when he came on SNL, and a lot of them were not known commodities, but he was. And uh, to a certain degree, you know, from a writing perspective, elevated the the pedigree of that room. I'm not necessarily uh, a fan of the meanness, you know, like the uh, of that that piece. But I do think that if you're telling the story of SNL, it's it's tough to tell it without mentioning Michael O'Donoghue. Fellas, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's obviously a good pick to remind younger listeners what O'Donoghue contributed to the show because the show was developed, you know, partially with his style. I think that the reason he's been so on the brink of things is because he lacks longevity compared to the other writers that have been nominated previously. So he's so like stuck in a specific era of the show and you would have had to watch the 70s and early 80s to really see some of his sketches and understand who he was. Uh, his role in the first sketch ever on the show is good enough for me to put him into the Hall of Fame, but I understand that there are more prominent writers in the history of the show that I would vote above him. So I think it's good, Matt, that you put put him there so at least we can stabilize his presence as a nominee but i think it might be a while before he gets in yeah matt you made my job interesting <laughs> to, to do a, an episode of michael o'donoghue because i have uh, no, no surprise and a lot of esno fans feel the same way jamie alluded to it i have mixed feelings sometimes on uh, michael o'donoghue and so it'll be interesting for me to uh Square that away with, uh, it, with with my approach with leading these discussions uh, for these episodes is I take I tend to take more of a celebratory approach uh, with these candidates and highlighting and celebrating their work on SNL and I think I can still do that with Michael O'Donoghue while still highlighting some of like as Jamie said like the meanness and maybe some of that other stuff, but it'll be interesting to me, Matt, you challenged me in, in many ways uh, by bringing Michael O'Donoghue, who I think is worthy of more discussion. Uh, definitely. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely an interesting pick, Matt. Great. All right, Thomas, we'll go back to you. Pick All right. Pick. It's my pick and I will, I will choose the first musical guest uh, for season four. And I wanted to pick a musical guest who, obviously has memorable performances, somebody who's really huge in not just SNL, but the cultural kind of zeitgeist at large, somebody whose career almost kind of aligns well with SNL. So, so somebody who's, who was at the height of their popularity and performed on SNL at the same time. So I'm going with the four time musical guest, Lady Gaga. 
is going to be an episode on season four. Wow. I, I think that's a great pick. I, I think she's, you know, a, an absolute virtuoso and she's had some great performances on the show for sure. Uh, she's tough to take your eyes off of um, when she's performing. Yeah. Nice pick. Uh, uh, this will be a, an interesting one to hear for sure. John or Matt was Lady Gaga on either of your lists. She was not. I do think she was a fun SNL host back in the day. I struggle with like exactly how I would put somebody in the Hall of Fame uh, as a musician over some other aspects of the show. And I don't know that Lady Gaga has all the stats um, to be, you know, like the Dave Grohl's of the world or other people who may be still on the ballot. But I am very curious to hear somebody make a case for Lady Gaga, who I do think uh, not only on SNL, but in life has had some of the more uh, eccentric. I, you know, you can't take your eyes off her jaw dropping performances um, in, you know, my music watching career. So I'm excited to see what someone will say about Lady Gaga. She wasn't I, on. I will. Sorry, I will specify that that um, I'll, I will talk. We will talk about her hosting her, her one hosting stint, but it is for uh, for musical guests. But we'll cover we'll kind of cover the gamut. Um, but and I'm not I'm not truth be told I'm not like a huge Lady Gaga fan. So I'll, it'll be fun for me to to I'm going to listen to her discography and 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 do all of that. So it'd be fun for me to to delve into Lady Gaga. But I rewatched some of her performances on SNL, and I was like, yeah. She puts on a show, and there's one in particular that kind of gave me chills that I think was a really, really strong performance. She wasn't on my list, but that is an oversight on my part because I have loved every performance that she's done. Um, she's got multi; she's kind of got a secondary connection back to SNL with the Muppet Christmas special that she did. That has become a standard in our household every year. We watch that, uh, if only for Pepe inappropriately getting a little too close, and her like getting very shocked. Um, because it's just, she just rolls with the punches. Um, but yeah, she, she meets my criteria for a musical guest because I, there's a lot of people on there who I'm just like, they're great musicians, but like she was willing to be in a sketch and take the piss out of herself, uh, with that four way sketch or three way sketch, uh, that she did in the Lonely Island sketch, uh, with her and Justin Timberlake. She's just. I think she's a she's an incredible musician. She elevates every performance that she's been on there. I think this is going to be a great conversation. And I get I can't wait to do trivia on Lady Gaga. I mean, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> so. Great. OK, so we head to round three now. John, take it away. So I have a lot of cast members left that I'm picking between. So I'd rather leave some of the cast members to Thomas and Matt for let them fill it out. And then I could pick between the ones that are left. So I'm going to go to one of my one of the criteria was writer or musical guest. And I think I'm going to lead in the direction of a writer who I think would be really interesting to talk about here when the show was coming off one of the worst seasons in the history of the show, in my opinion, probably the worst season in the history of the show, season 20, uh, season 21 started up and we had a writer named Adam McKay on the show. And he, you know, created some great stuff, obviously ended up uh, working with Will Ferrell a lot, creating a ton of great movies, uh, so much outside the SNL sphere in terms of comedy. And I'm excited to have somebody come on and talk about what specifically Adam McKay did on SNL during his time in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I think that he would be a great addition to this particular ballot. Yeah, I do too. That's a that's a, a nice pick. And I, I like the... 
um, deferral as well. Uh, you know, rolling out the cast members to uh, to to Thomas and Matt. That's great. Thomas and Matt. Yeah, there's a nice strategy there, John. I, I I love it. John knows how to knows how to play the game. You have a lot of uh, experience with these drafts that you do you guys yeah. do on the the uh, SNN. So uh, I did have Adam McKay, uh, not as for sure that I was going to pick him, but I I have a, had a list of writers that I thought would make good episodes, and Adam McKay is on that list. So uh, I think I'm interested to delve into his uh, SNL specific work. Uh, as well, so this is a this is a really nice one who uh, was under consideration for me. Uh, he wasn't on my list, but that was just it was a matter of time. You know, next season he would have definitely been on my list um, because yeah, he's just an incredibly talented writer from a really pivotal time with some great sketches. So yeah, this is a terrific choice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what are you going to do with that free pass that John just gave you? Let's, let's right. hear who you've got. I am going to put out Daryl Hammond. Oh, Hammond. great. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's got an incredible range. He can do the broad comedy. He can do grounded comedy. His Sean, Con- Sean Connery impersonation was just, it was perfect. Because Sean Connery probably never would have said those things, but he would have been thinking all of those things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, his celebrity impersonations are spot on, uh, was the longest serving cast member until Keenan overtook him. Uh, and he continues to help filling in as, uh, the, taking over for Don, since Don Pardo's passing, doing the introductions every episode. Um, so his dedication to SNL alone, even during his personal struggles, just really hammers home how much a big part of SNL history Daryl is. And why I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Excellent. Yeah, I think the the man of a thousand voices, Daryl Hammond. Uh, you can check out a great conversation that John had with him over at the SNN. Check that out for sure. You get inside his head a little bit, and it, it's it's an interesting combo. I I think so. I think that yeah. we can have a a, a nice conversation about Daryl Hammond on on this show as well. For sure. I think that, you know, going into that conversation that I had had with him this season was uh, really interesting because I wanted to approach it differently since he's done so many interviews over the last 20 years, most of which were about his struggles while he was on the show. So I just really wanted to talk to him about like, you know, you're so method in the things that you've done on Saturday Night Live. How did you get to this point? Like what, you know, what goes into it? And he views SNL like a sport. That's really what it is. So, I mean, there's no better candidate for the Hall of Fame if you have somebody who looks at it that way. And he was like, I'm the field goal kicker. Like, I come in for a specific reason to do a specific thing. And that's always the case when you're deciding about who you're going to vote for for the Hall of Fame. Is like, do you vote for the cast member who excelled at a specific point of the show or the all-around great? And I think that's going to be a great debate when you get to those roundtables after season four. Uh, but for me, this is a no-brainer. He has to be there because, you know, like top five cast member and sketch appearances, just like uh, leads the all time record for life from New York. Just uh, played so many presidents. Just for me, it's like you have to have him. And I'm really happy because uh, I did my I ranked my cast members for this draft, and three of my top four have been taken. So Vanessa Bear, Jason Sudeikis, and Daryl Hammond are off the board, and all three of those were in my top four. So I think Daryl Hammond for the reasons that all of you guys have said uh, is just a perfect uh, podcast 
perfect nominee, perfect episode fodder. Uh, it's going to be great. I recently, uh, within the last few months, read his uh, read his autobiography, which is really interesting. And uh, he's he's just a wonderful, memorable cast member. So I love, love, love that pick. Yeah, me too. Good job. All right, Thomas. All righty. So one of the categories that we were choosing from was season one redo. So I'm going to use that. And I noticed on our list that we don't have any hosts yet. So I want to pick somebody who's probably going to make John happy. And I might have stolen his pick, but he took mine. So, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll make each other happy there. So uh, I am going to pay, tick, uh, pick Justin Timberlake to do a, a season one redo on. And just thinking about it more and more, he had such a massive impact on the show and that era. Uh, his episodes were always must-see TV. Even non-SNL fans tuned in for Justin Timberlake episodes. And I just think that he I think he's going to make for a great episode. And I, for one, am looking forward to talking about him. So Justin Timberlake, welcome to season four. I think on the other side of the, uh, the, other side of the coin is even people that weren't Justin Timberlake fans tuned in and watched it and enjoyed it. Um, and, and I know that because I'm one of those people. Like, he won me over. He absolutely won me over with his song and dance, his uh, willingness to, you know, just jump in head first. And, of course, just that, that trifecta of um, Lonely Island sketches. For that alone, he should almost be. Because <laughs> those are just yeah. so wonderful. Yeah, that's part of it. He won me over as well. And he and I'll probably, you know, I've said this before, but he pissed me off because it's like he was talented. He could dance. He could sing. Yes. He's good looking. He could act. And he's good on SNL, too. Like, what is his deal? Like, yeah. he has no right to be such a good host on SNL. So uh, he it's converted me, It's as if he can't do anything too. wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'll try to dig something Except up. NFL stage shows. Except yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas, you definitely took my pick. Absolutely was going to go there next because, uh, you know, it's a travesty that he hasn't been in there yet. This was event making television every time he hosted the show. And if you go back to the beginning from before he hosted, people were like, why? It was like a, it was like a Justin Bieber situation. People were like, why is he going to? why is he going to host the show? He shouldn't be hosting the show. And then he did. And he created magic every time he was there. And uh, really, uh, if you go back and you think about the third golden era of the show, he is the host that is most closely defined with that era. So I think that that uh, makes sense. And I think he needs to be uh, reanalyzed for his time to potentially get in in the future. So uh, if you're still looking for somebody to talk about JT, you know, I'm always down. And I 100% agree. I mean, he kind of fills a niche when I think of hosts that like in the early seasons, like Steve Martin or or Elliot Gould um, do, where they're almost considered like cast members. They were so frequent and so integrated so closely with the cast. And and like the Barry Gibb talk show, like he's just is perfect. Like if if you had to take a host and make them a cast member, I don't know if it's the Mickey Mouse Club experience that he brings to the table. But I think he would have slid in perfectly as a cast member. Uh, he's got the comedic chops and he's just got charisma, you know, and it's like, Absolutely. yeah, I, can, I cannot wait for this. And I get to do trivia on him, too. So bonus. <laughs> Great. All right. 
So this brings us back around the loop. We'll do a quick recap. We've got Anna Gastar, Sarah Schneider, and her partner, Chris Kelly. This time I'll write it down. <laughs> um, Vanessa Bayer, Jason Sudeikis, Michael O'Donohue, Lady Gaga, Adam McKay, Daryl Hammond, Justin Timberlake. This sounds like a great season so far, folks, and we've still got six more picks. So, John, take it away. Yeah, so I'm also going to go back to season one here and pick somebody who I think really needs to be talked about again, because there is actually, you know, there's a name on this ballot that I think was just like forgotten about and was put in the wrong time. And and that's why, you know, they haven't been voted in, because if this person did what they did over the last 15 years instead of the previous, uh, you know, eras, um, there is no doubt they would have been gotten on the first time. And that's John Goodman. I mean, just having that record for so many seasons in a row hosting and just being so much like ingrained in the show, basically like, you know, and also like doing all that Blues Brothers stuff, like becoming, you know, partners with Dan Aykroyd on screen. Like there's just so many things that I find so fascinating. Um, you know, that Linda Tripp uh, part that he did. He also <laughs> comes back into more recent seasons and plays like uh, in the, I forget who it is, but play somebody in the Trump presidency. Like uh, he, he's been a friend of the show for a very long time and such a significant part of the show. To me, he in the pantheon of that like upper echelon room of hosts so i think that uh it's surprising to me that he wouldn't have been voted in so far and i think that somebody else needs to make the case for him again yeah i agree it it makes me feel old to be honest with you because it makes me seem like the 90s were a really long time ago for people to be forgetting about John Goodman. But the 90s were not that long ago, folks. John Goodman <laughs> was a fixture on this show for nine consecutive years. Uh, that's John, help me out here. That's unprecedented, right? Nobody, uh, I think it was 11 consecutive years. Was it 11? Pretty sure. Wow. Nobody else has done that. No. Like consecutive. I mean, but like we were like, we, when Mulaney did like five years in a row, we were like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. double it. Yeah. Uh, Matt or Thomas, did um, John Goodman appear on either of your lists? Did not. Did not. But again, great pick for all of the reasons listed. I can't, can't wait to hear that episode. You know, for my season one redo, if I didn't pick Justin Timberlake, I was going to pick John Goodman. So I think maybe John and I just kind of swapped <laughs> picks. If John had picked Timberlake, then I would have picked John Goodman uh, for mine. So I think that's <laughs> that's that's a really good call. Uh, and, uh, I think you're right, Jamie. I think the, the lineup for season four of the SNL hall of fame already is, is looking pretty solid and come on people, John Goodman, let's go. All right, Matt, pick number four. All right. This is another cast member. Um, one of, uh, one of those, you know, all round utility players that I really respect. Uh, it is Chris Parnell. Um, he, I mean, he's, he could be anything like, you know, he could play something very grounded, like a teacher or a principal um, in you know, a school sketch or a game show host. But then he could go like to extremes like Merv the Perv, uh, Sean DeMarco. And and he's, you know, possibly the most viral sketch of SNL history. Uh, he is in the Chronicles of Narnia sketch uh, or, you know, the Lazy Sunday um, which really broke Lonely Island. Like they, that was their first sketch on, on, on the internet that just sort of blew up. Um, and he continues to work in 
SNL adjacent projects like 30 Rock or Dr. Spaceman or Specman. And, um, and he's does, does a bunch of animated stuff. So he's just a great, amazing, talented person who continues to work hard. And I think he'd be a great addition. I love him. I love him as the 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 pitchman type character. I think of that great sketch with uh, Steve Martin and I want to say it's uh, Amy Poehler, where it's the financial literacy um, leaflet that's basically like, "Don't spend money you don't have." You know, it's only three. It's only one page. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> this is my secret. You know, uh, I think that's great. His his. His delivery is wonderful, and yeah, I'm a uh, big fan, big fan, for sure. You know, as part of my uh, behind-the-scenes podcast work, I keep a list of, of people who I would like to do an episode on at some point. It's like an episode-worthy kind of, kind of list, and Chris Parnell is definitely on that. At some point, I, uh, I told myself I would love to do an episode on Chris Parnell. I mean, just... He can play oddball. He could be play the straight man. He could just he's so versatile. And he's another one of those performers. He's almost reminds me of honestly of like Vanessa Bear, who he he might have gotten overshadowed by a lot of other people in his cast, but he was so consistent and so solid. And I think there's a lot of meat on that bone. I think it's gonna be a good episode. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. I mean, I, I love Parnell. I think he's actually he's probably one of my favorite cast members. Whenever he was on the show, I was like enjoying everything he brought to it. He is an interesting case though. He, this is a cast member who got fired and was yeah. brought back. Yeah. So his career isn't so squeaky clean. And I believe he was let go a second time when that they threw budget cuts. Like, I don't know if he was planning on leaving the show when he left it at the time that he left it. So that's an interesting thing as well. So it's not like, um, it's, it's not like he has straight A's across the board as far as his career is concerned. But saying all of that, uh, there were points where when they knew how to use him and use him well, he actually dominated on the show in particular points. Like, I think there was one season where I think he co-led the season in sketch appearances with Will Ferrell, um, which is, yeah, it's not easy to do. So, like, you would think of him and go back to that era and you think he's probably like the third, fourth or fifth, sixth cast member on, off the board if you're naming your top ones. But there was times where he was the one, two or three. And I think if you're going to get to that point, you definitely have a case uh, nowadays. So I'm interested to hear whoever is going to uh, make the case for Parnell, uh, why he should get in. Great. Yeah. All right, Thomas, pick number four. All right. I'm looking at the list. Uh, we're a little light on hosts. Uh, we have John Goodman and Justin Timberlake. Um, I want to throw another host in there. Uh, five timer. Uh, I think believe first hosted in 2000 and most recently was maybe in 2017 or so um it's Dwayne Johnson I think he's always you know he's just very compelling captivating person to watch like I'm one of those people I'll go see any movie my wife and I both will go see any movie that Dwayne Johnson's in because he just pops on screen I've been a fan of his since since he uh was in the WWF and I think he's been a good host I think he's been a really good host and some memorable sketches there's one infamous one in particular that I'm that I'm definitely gonna uh, talk about the uh, White Castle robot oh, <laughs> sketch, boy. the Mad Scientist oh, convention sketch yes. that I think is an interesting. Uh, the one that I personally think is a really good sketch, but it's I think it's an interesting discussion uh, to be had. So I think Dwayne Johnson, a wonderful host in my opinion. Don't know if he's ever going to come back. He may or may not. 
Uh, but as it stands now, he's a five timer. And I think, uh, definitely worthy of discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Uh, I'm a giant wrestling fan as well. Uh, followed his career and it was, you know, real fun to see him when he was still wrestling a host the show. It would all, it almost seemed like, a, you know, like, a an acknowledgement that this, this weird world existed. And then he absolutely exploded from it and, you know, like a, took a rocket to the moon and um, never looked back. And the fact that he's come back, you know, four more times after that, that's just wonderful. So, yeah, that'll be a great episode. I'm looking forward to that conversation. John or Matt, uh, any comments on The Rock? I think he's great every time he hosts the show. Just, like, brings this energy out that you don't get from a lot of other hosts. And I think we are naturally filling in most, if not all, the five-timers onto the ballot at some point. And it'll be great to see, you know, once the backlog of great hosts finally do get in, who is that next group that people are most interested in putting in? Because I wouldn't say that even though The Rock is, or Dwayne Johnson now, is a five-timer, I wouldn't necessarily put him in the all-time great host list. But... You know, once those greats finally do get in, then I'm going to start to consider him. So I would love to hear the case for Dwayne Johnson. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting one. Like, honestly, SNL is what changed my opinion of him. Um, I'm not a big wrestling fan. So <laughs> I was like, eh, he's a wrestler. What is he going to do? I mean, even though he did live in Canada and stuff. Blah. But then I saw him hosting and I'm like, holy crap. Good. And that completely changed my opinion of him. I, I I went out to see everything, every movie he was doing, like the Jumanji stuff. I'm like, this is hilarious. And I enjoyed it. I genuinely enjoy him on the screen. I actually got to be about 15 feet away from him at a uh, event for Black Adam. Not his best outing. Uh, but that, that <laughs> dude is just natural charisma distilled into a human form. Like just being in the room with him he just exudes this positive, fun energy. And uh, this is going to be a really fun one. Matt, what you discovered when you saw him first host SNL is what wrestling fans knew about him for years. Is that like 90 plus percent of wrestling is how good the person is on the mic? Well, maybe less than that, but that's like at least half the battle is how good you are on the mic. And from my perspective, there's it's it's a little debate, but the but Dwayne Johnson might very well be the best ever on the mic in professional wrestling. And that translated to SNL and on screen. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what I think is really interesting about Dwayne Johnson is like, you know, in season one, you guys had Taylor Swift on the ballot and obviously like Taylor Swift had a, like had some amazing performances on Saturday Night Live, but really better known naturally for being like one of the greatest musicians of this generation. And people are just obsessed with her. And I think this is a, a somewhat comparable case here where you have Dwayne Johnson, who is just so fascinating outside of the show, probably the number one, you know, grossing uh, movie uh, star right now, you know, you, Dwayne Johnson movie, everyone's going to it. Uh, amazing career in the WWE. But on SNL, do people recognize him for the work that he's put in there? And that's what I think is interesting. Yeah, it'll definitely need to be a, you know, a focused conversation. And uh, I think with that in mind, it'll be a, a good one. All right. Around the horn once again. We're back to John with your last pick. Yeah, so there are still a few cast members left on the board to pick between. And 
I I am debating between two people. One is somebody who I think analytically probably has the best case to make the show, and one who I think is probably the more interesting episode. So I'm, I think I'm going to go for the more interesting episode in this case because uh, we're going to have many seasons to come for these people, and perhaps Thomas or Matt will pick them. But uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite cast members to watch uh, when I you know fell in love with the show, and uh, he has longevity, and that is a huge case for the reason why he could potentially get there. He was had the second most sketch appearances when he retired at, at his time on the show, right behind Phil. And uh, I'm going to go with Fred Armisen because I think Fred has uh, characters, impressions. Uh, he you know comes onto the show, and he's really like he's hustling to get his stuff onto the show. It's a unique brand of humor, and then he fits in so interestingly with the you know this era uh that people fell in love with um so i i'm i'm curious to listen to the fred armison case that's the one where i see it pop up on my podcast feed i'm like oh okay i really want to hear what people have to say about him and uh to me still the greatest episode hosted by an snl alumni is the fred armison hosted episode i will have to go back and rewatch that uh fred armison a big Big fan, um, loved Portlandia, loved his work on SNL. You're right, it is a unique brand. There is this vocal affectation that he can do that just kills me every time. I don't know how he does it. Um, he, he's, yeah, just a, a great performer, and it's going to be a good conversation for sure. Matt, what did you think of uh, Armisen? On my list, you know, you beat me to it. Like, you know, he's just an amazing, hilarious guy. He's got, you know, coming from the background that he did in music as a drummer, as a punk, uh, it, to land in comedy, it's both a natural and unnatural fit. So, which I think is where some of the absurdity comes in his voice, in his, the comedic voice that he has. And I love all of his work. His goodbye sketch, uh, the wedding band reunion just beautiful um so yeah i i cannot wait it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing yeah fred armazon was number five on my list so four out of my top five uh are taken and there's definitely a lot of of sketches and characters to bring up with fred i know he's a fan favorite uh i think um, he will, he'll be one of the headliners of this season. I imagine this will be one of the episodes that people are, are most looking forward to. Uh, so I think that's a, a wonderful pick, John. Great. Okay. Well, let's move to Matt's last pick. All right. My last pick is a musical pick, a uh, four time musical guest, um, three times as himself, once in his side project, Tin Machine, and it's David Bowie. Um, I mean, like Lady Gaga, every appearance was iconic. I mean, he was a true New Yorker in, in that he immigrated to New York and became a regular fixture in the city. So he's a part of the city's culture. Uh, but, you know, he draw from the city uh, with his early time at the factory uh, in, in Warhol. Uh, then in his 1979 appearance in particular, um, where he used Klaus Nomi of uh, an opera singer from CBGB's and Joey Arias, a iconic performance artist and drag performer. So he was pulling in culture from New York. That is part of the counterculture, like, you know, stuff that people didn't see. If you're like living in the Midwest or even living in California, like this is part of the American zeitgeist. 
bubbling up that would then change. Uh, and he had these like over the top performances where he, like one of the performances, he couldn't even move. They had to carry him out because his outfit outfit was just totally immobile. But he owned that stage. Um, and, you know, I mean, Labyrinth changed my life. So I have a soft spot for him there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so David Bowie, I'm, I, I can't wait to to get to that episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, David Bowie is somebody else I'm going to have to brush up on. I know David Bowie and I know his work, but not from an SNL perspective. So uh, that that one where you're saying they're carrying him out, I'm, I'm very curious to check that out. We know that musical guests are the kiss of death in the SNL Hall of Fame. Uh, they they just don't seem to you know make it any higher than fifteen percent of the vote. I. I you know, I, I don't know why that is, and I don't know if Bowie will will uh, Bowie's episode will buoy him above that. I, I, I'm not sure, uh, but I think it's a great pick. I think that'll be an interesting conversation, especially in light of everything you just outlined. When I go back to thinking about Bowie on SNL, I think a lot about the 25th anniversary of the show, which was this at the time, like the biggest celebration in the history of the show, and then they're promoting what's coming up next, which is season 25, episode one. Dave, uh, Jerry Seinfeld and David Bowie and he's going to come on and he's going to do Rebel Rebel on the show and that's like a really big moment to kick off this next generation of Saturday Night Live so I think he has some really iconic performances uh, in the history of the show so let's dance <laughs> alright yes <laughs> uh, David Bowie definitely a friend of the show uh, you had mentioned Matt he was on in 1979 which I think late 70s 79 in particular might be the peak of David Bowie's powers just as a cultural icon uh, for, for many reasons. And I think SNL got him there at the right time. Uh, I, and I'm excited because it's been years since I've had an excuse to listen to David Bowie's vast discography. So I just might do that. Honestly, I might kind of go through his discography looking forward to, to revisiting his SNL performances and as a as a Bowie guy myself, I like this man. Good job. All right, we'll keep we'll keep this wagon wheel rolling here with you, Thomas. And you're going to wrap this up in a bow for us. What have you got? All right, so I have obviously have a lot of options. Yeah. Um, I was looking at cast members, but I think we're actually good on cast members. I think we've got a good solid lineup of cast members. There's at least a couple that I can see as like season five headliners that I might like want to save and I'll definitely pick them for season five. Um, we're good on writers. I want to go with another host actually. And there are looking at my list here. There's four that I have in consideration uh, that I have in bold after Dwayne Johnson. I'm going to go with somebody actually who, when I was in high school, uh, probably hosted the the episode that was probably the most anticipated episode that I can ever remember. Is this person auditioned for the show and didn't get it and was on a competitive a competitor's show in the '90s and gained really big uh, fame on another sketch show? I can see people's minds. I know John probably knows who it is, and Matt. I can see your brains working. So. This person was already known as a one of the most popular sketch performers in the world, having never been on SNL. I'm talking about Jim Carrey. I want to talk about three-time host Jim Carrey. He hosted his first appearance in the late 90s 
ended up being a wonderful episode. But leading up to that episode, I can't remember people being so hyped for an SNL episode. I can't remember so much anticipation. And you kind of had to be there in a lot of ways in the moment to remember how hyped that episode was. And I, th- I think it lived up to the hype. I remember that it was an electric episode. That's that's just, I can't remember even since an episode that was so hyped and lived up to it and just caused like talk the next week. It it, it was just like an electric night. So Jim Carrey, I uh, welcome to season four. I'm looking forward to doing an episode on you. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. He was a great host and just a bonafide superstar, you know, a absolute superstar. There was a time where if you put him in a comedy, it was it was going to gross, you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever the equivalent was at the at the time, seventy five million dollars or whatever. And um, he just kept going with it. He 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 really nice pick, like it. So here's the question with Jim Carrey, though. How much does his brief stint playing Biden have an effect on voters, right? Because, you know, we open up 46 and all the news is, okay, Carrey's going to play Biden. And then he basically disappears without a trace after that. No explanation for why he stopped. And then obviously we get, you know, some weird transition point into Alex Moffat and eventually J.A.J. But yeah, it's uh, it's a factor here. And I know we're nominating and looking at his three hosting appearances. But based on, you know, a lot of the audience that watches the show now, um, I really hope that they listen to the episode to hear some of the great moments he had prior to that, because it is a factor that could cloud judgment. Yeah, I think we saw an example of it in a previous season on a larger scale with Alec Baldwin. I think a lot of voters, we saw in the roundtables when he, people were discussing Alec Baldwin that him playing Trump negatively affected how some voters looked at Alec Baldwin as an SNL host. And I kind of had to remind people that as a host, Alec Baldwin only played Trump once. And we were kind of looking at Alec Baldwin from a host perspective. And I know, you know, we, we talk about everything basically like with lady gaga i'm going to be talking a little bit about her hosting stint too but i agree with you john i'm interested to see how much voters look at jim carrey playing joe biden but i hope you know we will touch on that probably at the end of the episode but i i hope that we can do a good enough job of delving into not just that first just super electric episode that he hosted but he has two other ones after that and he's just an amazing sketch performer, as we saw in Living Color, prior to his first SNL hosting stint. So I'm looking forward to presenting a case for Jim Carrey, while also, you know, brief like mentioning that he played Biden. But I think it will. I think it will influence some voters. But may, but to to which to what degree I don't know. Alec Baldwin made the SNL Hall of Fame, even though he has the uh, the the trump stain <laughs> on his resume <laughs> so i wonder and 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 people didn't look at at Kerry's biden negatively to the degree that they looked at uh, alec baldwin's trump but i think it will play a part uh it will be a component in people um when they they're you know when they're trying to decide if they want to vote for jim Kerry or not yeah i agree i think he made a smart move and Failing on the bit when he did before it became an annoyance. I mean, he his love for the show, a wanting to be a cast member, then coming back and doing a film about a former uh, regular performer like the Andy Kaufman Man on the Moon, uh, where he recreated 
the Mighty Mouse sketch. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting, he's an interesting human all around and hearing a discussion about his time hosting will, will be really great. And I'm certainly going to have meat to work with on the trivia there. <laughs> so that's going to be an easy one. Yeah, I think that I think that an entire episode could be devoted to his first hosting gig. Like that's how important it was, in my opinion, in SNL history. So I think just uh, John John mentioned like with Michael O'Donohue, by the mere fact that he was in the very first sketch of all time, we should talk about him. I think by the mere fact that Jim Carrey hosted the m- the most hyped episode. Uh, arguably in SNL history, I think that's worthy of discussion. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Season four is going to be exciting. This is a uh, great news. Uh, I'm really happy with who we picked here. We'll recap one more time. We've got Anna Gasteyer, Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly, Vanessa Bayer, Jason Sudeikis, Michael O'Donohue, Lady Gaga, Adam McKay, Daryl Hammond, Justin Timberlake, John Goodman, Chris Parnell, Dwayne Johnson, Fred Armisen, David Bowie, and Jim Carrey. If that isn't uh, a hell of a show there, um, I don't know what is. This is going to be a great deal of fun. But wait, there's more. Because this season, season four, we are introducing a new category, a new award. And it is the Don Pardo Memorial Award. And the first recipient of the Don Pardo Memorial Award will be Don Pardo. So I look forward to a conversation that Thomas can put together about the great Don Pardo and establishing a new uh, award that isn't necessarily voted on, but selected by uh, a committee or, in this case, just me. Um, But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is this, this is only gonna, for announcers in the history of the show, like Mel Brandt and Bill Hanrahan? No, 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 that would be incredibly boring. But uh, we can we can use it for whatever we want. Um, but in this case, uh, you can't tell the story without him. You just can't. And uh, there's not a category that he fits in neatly. Not to say that we couldn't just uh, interject him, but I think that he is somebody that is um, worthy of having an award named after. So. Uh, I look forward to hearing that episode as well. Yeah, Jamie, we've we've discussed behind the scenes about what we do with people like Don Pardo, who have had such a huge impact uh, on SNL. So I think I co-signed this. I think this is a great idea, and I am looking forward to digging into Don Pardo's life and career and uh, putting te- together a show for everybody. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of our Season four candidate draft. I really want to thank you gentlemen for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun and let's move forward into season four. Where can we find more of your work, John? Uh, the hope is that the writer's strike has, Good has, point. <laughs> has yeah. come to a little bit of a conclusion, a uh, positive one for the writers and everybody else uh, who's looking to be uh, paid fairly. And if that is the case, that would mean that Saturday Night Live would be returning soon for its 49th season. And I am, as always, so excited to get to cover modern day episodes. So you can find the Saturday Night Network on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, where we will cover uh, the show right after it airs with our hot take show, our roundtable weekly 
uh, on Monday nights where we go through everything and compare the episode to the history of the show, talk about why it's important. We have our analytics crew get together for By the Numbers, and that'll all be back for season 49, among many other types of shows like SNL stories, as we talked about today. So, uh, so happy to always get to talk about Saturday Night Live and do it in conjunction with all of these guys. These guys do amazing work here at the SNL Hall of Fame, really uh, just, uh, you know, parallel work here as, as they're covering the history of the show. We get to talk about the stuff that's happening in modern days. And uh, I love getting to do this with all of you. So thank you for including me today. We love having you, John. So thank you so much, Matt. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Matt or Dill. Uh, I'm right now I am producing a podcast called Order Up. Uh, my, myself, Mary Kennedy, Carrie Haim, and Kelly Zemeckis, where we talk to celebrities and comedians. And yeah, we had uh, Gelman from Regis and Kelly. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we have some interesting guests and we get to talk about cereal and hamburgers. And uh, we're just we're just wrapping up pancakes v waffles uh so some interesting stuff check it out yeah and uh i have a comic book podcast called detecting the marvelous where myself laney larose and dan rosen uh talk about comic book runs over the years uh like the x-men from 1991 uh the first four fantastic fours court of owls from batman so so yeah so we've got that coming out and uh join us for that as well Great. Thomas, where can we find more of your work? Yes, you can find me watching Jason Sudeikis and Vanessa Bear sketches and listening to <laughs> David Bowie and Lady Gaga. And as I prep for uh, for this wonderful season four, uh, I'm on Twitter mostly as far as social media goes, at uh, Thomas A. Senna. I love talking SNL. I love talking sports. So you can uh, follow me on there, send me a message, say hello, uh, and yeah, just keep supporting us here at the SNL Hall of Fame. Listen to season four. I'm excited. Great. Well, for the three guests and myself, we bid you adieu. Thanks for coming out. All right. Thank you so much, Thomas, Matt, John. You did a hell of a job, and uh, I'm impressed at the roster that we put together for season four. Now, some of you may be scratching your head and saying, well, where did they come up with the list of guests they could choose from? Visit snlhof.com, and you can check out the criteria by which anybody is uh, added to the list of folks that they can nominate in the Hall of Fame. And that was what they chose from, other than the parameters that they were given. Uh, things change. I can tell you that. Sarah Snyder and Chris Kelly are out. They have been replaced with Rosie Schuster for season four. So Rosie Schuster will be nominated in their place in season four. And John Goodman made the SNL hall of fame, uh, in season three. So he will not be eligible for season four. So he is out and he will be replaced with a Don Pardo episode. So we hope you enjoyed what we put together for you today. Next week, we'll be back to the long form conversations 
with SNL icons and SNL superfans colliding to share some great stories about the nominees. And then it's up to you to vote your little asses off and create us a class of season four. I look forward to you doing that. And I look forward to you coming out every week. Now, if you could do me a favor and on the way out, please, as you pass the weekend update exhibit, turn out the lights because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. Podcasts and such.